0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: The following reflects neither the policies nor the thoughts of iHeartMedia or its employees. But we think it's probably a good idea to listen to it anyway. Money Sense is a presentation of Kirsten Wealth Management Group. As managing partners of Kirsten Wealth Management Group, your hosts, Dennis Kirsten, Brad Kirsten, and Kevin Kirsten, are professional financial advisors with LPL Financial with over 75 years of combined experience. They can be reached in their Perrysburg offices at 419-872-0067 or 800-875-1786. Their email address is kirstenwealth at lpl.com. Also, visit their website at kirstenwealth.com. Opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your financial advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC.
2: Good morning and welcome to Money Sense. You're listening to the advisors of Kirsten Wealth Management Group. Kevin Kirsten and Brad Kirsten, happy to be with you this morning. We have a lot to talk about today, uh, so we want to get right to it. Brad, we certainly have uh, uh, market market movement along with the GOP tax plan. Uh, certainly, uh, we're still dealing with the the possible threat of North Korea. One thing I don't want to talk about is uh, the NFL players kneeling down. I could care less about that, but that seems to be the only thing that, that leads anything. Wow. Well.
3: Um, I think it's a a, uh, a Trump smokescreen to try to get taxes passed without a lot of uh, flack from the media. I so. tell you
2: what, it, a good 60, 70, 80, I don't care what percentage you want to put on it of issues that are out there, everyone always wants you to pick a side and no one ever shows me the box for I don't care. Yeah, I mean, where's the box for I don't care? Uh, do you agree with the NFL players? Or do you not agree with the NFL? I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what they do. I don't care what they think. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly... I don't think a lot of them probably, there's not a lot of intelligent thought coming out of it anyway. I mean, half of them don't even know why they're kneeling in the first place right? right. as police and who cares? Why is the business media, why is the the national media spending so much time on what a bunch of athletes think about politics?
3: But here we are, start of this week, and on the business channels, whether it's Fox Business or CNBC... You're talking about that on Monday and not the possible health care vote that ended up not being a health care vote. I mean, at
2: no point have I ever sat down and said, oh, I really I really want to get the details of the uh, uh, the Ca- Graham-Cassidy health care bill. I'm going to sit down and see what Mike Tomlin from the Steelers has to say Yeah, so I can get my news. Mm-hmm. No. So why are we talking about it? So we do have the, the health care bill that, well, it didn't get shot down. It never, never went to a vote.
3: Yeah. And hopefully— uh, we don't have the same thing with the taxes. Um, I think there's probably a possibility that uh, that it looks like it'll get fast tracked, and then they'll delay it. But I think we'll move a little quicker than uh, on taxes than they have on health care because you do actually have some Democrats that are in support of the of the tax plan. And so if you're there's some of the lone Republicans that don't vote for it, good luck in the next election. Uh, and I would say the same for the the what looks like four. Uh, Republican senators that are not voting for the health care bill again, it's ones that ran on repealing the Affordable Care Act and ones that voted to repeal it when they had a president they knew wouldn't sign it, Obama. And so... It was false that they voted f- f- to repeal it in, in the first place years ago, and now they're running under for the false premise that they were going to do it in the first place. There's a lot of false things being said about the Affordable well, Care Act well, the, in
2: the, the first place. The, the, the biggest problem on the health care side of things is it's extremely complicated, and it's very easy for liberals to lie about it because yeah. people don't know any better. So you can just shout from the rooftops, they're going to take away your health care. Or they're going to take away pre- – they can just shout whatever they want yeah. because they know that no one's going to really dig in the weeds and try to figure out what's actually Well, one there. of the
3: biggest ones that I have talked about is uh, the scoring for it said 25 million people would lose their coverage. Well, at the start of the year, there was a little less than 12 million people on affordable care, and the new number just came out. It's down to 10.3 million. I think so most- how did 25 people mil- lose their coverage if
2: only 10.3 million people – or on affordable care through the marketplace. Well, and Brad, I think most people think that just because they have health insurance, that must mean that they have, have Obamacare. Have Obamacare? Yeah. No, you don't. If you're if you were working at a company that had health care prior to Obamacare, and you're still with that company, you don't have Obamacare. You don't have Obamacare yeah. unless you went online to whatever the, that the website, exchange. Yeah. Unless you, whatever that website was and signed up. For Obamacare, you don't have Obamacare. So, yeah.
3: The other one that I like is uh, people polled uh, uh, who, if they support Obamacare or not, it's it's like 60% of a peop, people don't like Obamacare. But if you ask them if they like affordable care, uh, it's like 30% of people don't like it. So more people like affordable care than Obamacare.
2: Well, that's it. <laughs> so we want to – health care is going to be dead in the water. It's not – there's there's not going to be anything that's going to happen in 2017. And the 2017. only bad news
3: about that is you're not going to repeal the taxes, and it's not going to be part of this tax plan, and that's why they've delayed the taxes so long. Can we get the health care done so we can repeal the the surtaxes for affordable care? And if not, we'll go forward with the tax plan without.
2: Let's cycle back to the markets real quick before we, we talk about taxes, Brad. Um, this week we had uh, Janet Yellen come out. Uh, it was a market mover. Uh, she warned that the Fed should be wary of tightening too gradually, and uh, she even mentioned that inflation was actually quite a bit lower than expectations this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, she still thinks that uh, they're a little bit behind. In mm-hmm. terms of their their rate hikes, so they need to stay on so uh, and ra-
3: and rates moved uh you know with that ahead of that, we bottomed out just below two point two on the ten year treasury. I think I saw uh, midweek and we were at two point three on the ten year treasury percentage it's a pretty big move, and what we saw in the last week were the Stock sectors affected by higher rates uh, were all negative. In the last week, uh, real estate and utilities were both down about 3%. Consumer staples, the high dividend payers, were down about 2.5% on the week. And expect a little bit more of it. If we trickle higher, if the Fed raises rates and overall rates move because of that and in anticipation of that, you do need to make some adjustments to the interest rate-sensitive sectors or the high-dividend-paying sectors, and kind of avoid this inevitable move because of the interest rate move.
2: Yeah, there was a big sell-off on Monday in for tech stocks, which pretty much got erased uh, on Tuesday. So yeah. it came right back. Um, Not, let's look at September, Brad. Least volatile month ever. This month has been calmed by historical standards. We We talked leading into September on this show about the fact that, September is quite volatile, uh, but that's what we've been seeing all year in 2017. The average daily range was less than 0.4% on the S&P for September. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it holds for the rest of the week here, which, you know, we're, we're into October by next week, uh, it'd be the least volatile se- September going back to 1970. So very interesting. Um, oil up to 52 dollars a barrel. so yeah. a big rally in oil and you're seeing the response in the in particular in the large cap value names mm-hmm. as a result. Um, well, we got no, no. a piece a couple of weeks ago in our market commentary, Brad, really differentiating growth versus value. Mm-hmm. People see it on their statements, they see it in their 401ks, but really know what that is. You can see that on our website. And see, the, uh, we talk about the difference between growth and growth versus value and what areas of the market are in growth typically and are in value. We might get to that today, but uh, you can always check us out on our website, com and, and look at that commentary anytime.
3: But, Eva, I want to just touch on one part of that subject, and that has to do with the sectors. You know, we've we talked about how technology and some of these other sectors year-to-date have outperformed by 25, some t- in some cases 30% over the bottom sectors. And while we look at the end of the year in some cases about a reversion to the mean and some of these things catching up, we've already seen it this year because the move was so big. You mentioned tech had a big early week sell-off. But the sectors that were most behind, energy and telecom, uh, at, at the start of this week, they were sharply negative. Energy was negative 10%. Telecom was negative 8% in the last week. They've they've started to pick up compared to the overall market, which over the last week is just barely up. You have telecom up four and a half percent. You've got energy up uh, about three in in that same period. So not surprisingly, your worst sectors making up ground when we get to the end of the year. The gap is not going to be thirty five percent between the highest and lowest sectors of the
2: market. Well, people think about certain areas of the market being up quite a bit year to date but there's always opportunity out there and that's what i think investors miss in a lot of cases brad in that commentary on growth versus value the typical growth sectors are technology uh the consumer consumer discretionary a uh, little possibly a little bit of healthcare industrial companies typical value sectors are banks banks and financials consumer staples, and energy, okay? Well, we've seen a rally in the oil markets in the last couple of weeks, and look at the difference between year-to-date and the last month, mm-hmm. okay? So year-to-date, number one sector, large-cap growth. That's your technology. Mm-hmm. 23% of the S&P 500 is technology, so that's your large-cap growth. 19%, 19.1%. Worst area, small-cap value, 3%. That's year-to-date. But look at the last month. Worst large cap growth, plus 2. Best small cap value. Even though the year to date's the worst, the last month small cap values up 6.2. Small cap values very heavily weighted towards banks, sure. Yep. Uh financials are the number one sector in small cap value. So, you know, that that's something you have to pay attention to and you always have to be out there at the ready looking for areas of the of the market of the investing world that have not done well. Mm-hmm. Some people might say, why would I want to sell something that's done 19%? Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, that's the that's, psychology yes, of it. Yes,
3: right. Think about it. If, and, and we have people that think that buying individual stocks is what they want to do with their portfolio. What are they thinking about buying right now? Are they thinking about buying Facebook, Google, Amazon? Or are they thinking about buying a small regional bank that has underperformed? I think it's the the former and not the latter. And that's the problem is it is a little bit of chasing returns. It's buying what I wish I owned last year. It's buying what I wish I owned for the last five years and not what you wish to own for the next five years. uh, What's going to outperform because it's it's lagged behind or because of what's the handwriting on the wall. And with financials, it's rising rates. It's lighter regulation. It's a lot of wind at your back. And it's why we have it as a sector overweight now. It's why we've continued to look under the hood of a lot of managers to make sure they're adding financials because it is going to be probably uh, the leader at some point, I would say, the next year and a half. Uh, there's a good chance it is your leader going forward.
2: And don't forget about your fixed income. So that's, that's the stock side of the equation. Most people leading into retirement have a good portion in conservative fixed income. Well, if we are looking at what Janet said, she's, Yellen said, she's going to probably be raising rates in December. You need to look at the areas of the fixed income market that do well in a rising rate environment, and that's not necessarily what's done well the last five, ten years. Mm-mm. Floating rate, convertible, uh, you need to look at all these areas. You need to, don't buy a 30-year bond, mm-hmm. buy something that's five years or three years or one year, mm-hmm. or in the case of floating rate, maybe yep. 60 days. Yep. So... Those are the things that you need to do on the fixed income side of your portfolio. That's, you can't just buy the total bond index. Mm-hmm. 70% treasuries. Yep most sensitive to rising rates. Yeah. You need to you need to broaden out and diversify that part of your portfolio, too. Okay.
3: Let's take our break. We come back. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the tax plan uh, and uh, the details have just come out here midweek. Uh, you're listening to Money Sense. Brad and Kevin Kirsten. We'll be right back.
4: Whatever your financial goals, working with an independent financial advisor acting as your fiduciary has the potential to improve your chances of success. At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, we stay on top of the economy and markets so you don't have to. Using sophisticated planning tools and extensive research, we build long. Term strategies that balance your financial objectives, time horizon, and risk tolerance. To find out more, contact Dennis, Brad, or Kevin at Kirsten Wealth Management, 419 872 0067. Securities and advisory service offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
3: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
4: It's hard to tell whose best interests some financial advisors have in mind. Our financial advice is based on fees, not commissions, because Kirsten Wealth Management offers no proprietary investment product. We are free to choose products that best meets clients' needs, which help to preserve the integrity of our investment advice, because we follow a fiduciary standard. Our only goal is to help you reach yours. For more information or schedule a consultation, call Dennis, Brad, or Kevin at Kirsten Wealth Management, 419-872-0067. Securities and advisory service offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA.
6: The amount of information available to today's investor means the big picture can be overwhelming. At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, we help you sort through the clutter, bring your investment goals into focus, and design a portfolio to help you meet them. We stay focused on the one thing that matters most, finding well-management investments one at a time through intensive financial analysis and hands-on research. For more information or to schedule a consultation, call Dennis Brad or Kevin Kirsten at 419-872-0067. Securities offered through LPL Financial membership or SIPC. With
0: Americans enjoying longer and more productive retirement than ever, you need an investment portfolio that continues to work for you. At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, they specialize in solid, dependable financial advice designed to help you work toward your objectives in retirement. Whether your personal situation requires low volatility, liquid assets, or longer-term investments with potentially higher investment returns, it's important to first discuss your options with a trusted financial advisor. For more information or to schedule a consultation, call Dennis Brad or Kevin Kirsten at 419-872-0067. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to the advisors
2: of Kirsten Wealth Management Group. Kevin Kirsten here along with Brad Kirsten. If you want to give us a call throughout the week, our office is in Perrysburg, 419-872-0067. Check us out online, www.kirstenwealth.com. Brad, tax plan, blueprint. We had a lot of blueprints in 2017 out of the Trump administration. Not a lot of results, but a lot of blueprints. And I, I shouldn't even... Do that. This is this is not his blueprint necessarily. This is actually Congress, and blueprint. not his fault
3: that we don't have results. It's, it is, and it's not even the House. It's
2: the Senate. It's the Senate. <laughs> so, but we've had a lot of blueprints. So that doesn't mean that's where it'll end. Where it will end up. But let's look at the framework here. Collapses the number of individual brackets from seven to three, twelve, twenty-five, thirty-five. Mm-hmm. Any comments on that? I think to there's start?
3: no no surprises there. Thirty-five might be a little higher, but for most people. <sighs> thirty thirty nine point six to thirty five is a savings. That's not where the real savings is going to be in the, in this plan for most people. Um, and uh, so I, I would say uh, e- even even on those brackets, you know, that that helps a lot of people in the middle. The biggest savings for most people and most of our listeners, I, I might add, is that the part of the plan has a doubling of the standard deduction. And so for most people, you're in retirement. The largest single deduction you might have to be itemizing as your home but a lot of people are near paying it off or paid it off so they start to be a standard deduction anyway when you're in retirement and, and the talk is in this blueprint is to
2: double it. And this this is a conversation I just had with somebody this week Brad and you know changing the brackets you know you'd have to really look at where the income levels are. You know we have a 10% bracket now so you're taking the bottom one up to 12 but you have to look their blueprint says that they don't think that anyone in the in the bottom level will change uh, as a result of that bottom rate increasing, probably because they're going to tweak the the income levels. Sure, I like this one though. It says it. They also reserve it. Also, would give the tax writing committee. This is part of the blueprint. Tax writing committee flexibility to add a fourth rate above thirty five. Yeah, I don't know. That's a very strange thing, but I think they're trying to give themselves an out with maybe middle-of-the-road Democrats. Well,
3: I think if they do that, it might be a 39.6 because they're doing away with AMT, but it'll be a 39.6, and I think we will see an extraordinarily high income level for that, so, maybe the $5 million and above income bracket. And so that's something we don't have now. The highest bracket is, uh, uh, is it was it 400 and change, 417 maybe? Right. Um, but uh, I think we're going to see a couple million— at the minimum or maybe a 5 million bracket at 39.6. Well, that's fine.
2: Knock yourself out. Yeah. Just not that many people make that much money. Yeah. So they they can do that and maybe they'll get a couple of uh middle of the road democrats as a result of it but they're not going to get much money as a result of no. it. Maybe, maybe it's a good headline for the yeah. Republicans. Hey, right. We're, we're going to tax people who make over a 5 million. We're, we're taxing the millionaires
3: and billionaires that yeah. you guys hate. So. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah.
2: There's not that many of them. Yeah. Whoops. So when you talk about the standard deduction, though, and this really targets a lot a lot of people that we work with, Brad, you think about your typical retiree. You, you have a mortgage. You get to retirement. May, maybe you got a few years left. You accelerate You try to get that mortgage paid off. Right, wrong or different, a lot of people when they get to retirement, want to have no debt, so that just allows you to have a clean situation if you don't have any debt, you can say you know how much how much am I going to have monthly, and I can really kind of zero in on what I need right and I think that that's what happens to a lot of people, but then they go and do their taxes mm-hmm. and they say, "Well I can't itemize anymore yeah and i and a lot of retirees are still making. Decent, charitable contributions to the church and other places. Sure. And you need to itemize to do charitable. Yeah. Okay. Now, one strategy you can do, and I just talked to somebody about this this week, even if you're in a situation, because this doubling of the standard deduction is probably going to make most people who are in that nearing retirement phase not think about itemizing. You can front load your charitable and just itemize once every couple of years. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do it. I don't. It might be every other year. Sure. Maybe it's every five years. Go, yeah. You go to the church and you say, listen, I'm going to write you a check for five years yeah. of what I would do, mm-hmm. and then we're not doing anything for five years. Right. And then that year you're itemizing. Then you go back to standard
3: deduction you for go the back other to years. So a little just...
2: tax planning with your charitable uh, planning. Exactly. I mean, obviously, the taxes aren't the reason why people do that, but you also don't want to miss out on a deduction and pay more money to the government than you
3: should. No. How about
2: if you save, you could—
3: Pay more to your charity and be not out of pocket anymore.
2: Another thing that r- helps retirees, by the way, y- you look at this Trump plan, and I've said this from the beginning, and a lot of these things are, are items that were in place even since the campaign. Mm-hmm. This Trump plan is directly helping people between the ages of 60 and 90 Yes, with this higher standard deduction. Yep. How about this? Lowering of personal exemptions, personal exemptions being eliminated. Well, your kids are out of the house. Do you have those standards? Uh, you don't, have those, yeah. you don't so, have those exemptions So it doesn't anymore. affect you. Yeah. So that, once again, helps the people who are in retirement. If you're in retirement and you're not supporting this plan, I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican, this plan helps you yeah. in retirement. You're and going every, to pay less. And as we've seen, Brad, every dollar in retirement helps. Mm-hmm. Okay, People a lot of times look at their gross withdrawals on their investments, and then they see how much tax they have to pay, and they say, oh, I, I thought I was going to get more than I, than, than I was getting uh, tax reform can help that yeah so the plan calls for also increasing the size of the child tax credit $500 credit to help people who um who care for those who aren't their dependents uh Ivanka Trump she uh that was one of the big things she supported most itemized deductions eliminated so you're going to keep the mortgage uh mortgage interest charitable we talked about additionally the framework directs the tax writing committees to keep tax incentives for education retirement of course and work So you're going to lose the state and local Mm -hmm. deduction and your real estate taxes. Now, a lot of people end up losing those anyway right now because for every dollar they try to write off on state-local taxes, they increase what their AMT number is. And AMT is eliminated with this plan. And the AMT is eliminated. So
3: don't get too hung up on some of these things that are getting eliminated. Most people weren't getting them anyway because AMT was kicking in. That's right.
2: And and, and who, who does it really stick it to? Sticks it to... Uh, The big tax states, New York and California. So people might might not realize this, but you think about a person who's paying double or triple state taxes, state and local taxes in New York and California, okay? They are reducing their income disproportionately compared to someone in Ohio, mm -hmm. okay, which means they're paying less federal than the person who makes the exact same amount of money in Ohio.
3: Yeah. So So you make the, the exact same amount of money, you might pay the exact same amount of tax, but in New York... Gets a bigger chunk than your than the Ohio does.
2: So essentially, Ohioans are subsidizing federal taxes for people in New York and California. Yeah. If you're in uh, you're, people you're listening to the show, you're probably in Ohio. Maybe have some people listening uh, on on iHeart there, but uh, the, there's there's no reason why people in the Midwest shouldn't be supporting that. Obviously, Illinois is a little bit higher with Chicago, but if you're in the Midwest, you should be supporting that because. You
3: are already subsidizing. You're You're already checking the box to say, I want mine to go to the federal government instead of the state. And in New York, they're checking the box that says the state gets to keep it.
2: So more bullet points here, Brad. Estate tax and AMT, alternative minimum tax repealed. Well, the estate tax really only applied to people over almost $11 million. Mm -hmm. So it didn't really apply to a lot of people anyway. Um, They're saying that estate tax is harmful to small business owners and family farmers. You know, a lot of times someone passes away. And maybe they're over that level with a small business, but a small business is not a liquid asset. Mm -hmm. So you might be on the hook for hundreds of thousands dollars in tax, but you don't have liquid assets because your wealth that was used to determine the estate tax is tied up in your business. So business tax rates, uh, lowering the corporate from 35 to 20, you know, and that's a negotiation tactic. Trump started at 15. Any thoughts on that, Brad? Well, it's
3: not surprising. As soon as I heard him on the campaign trail saying 15 to 20, I knew it would be 20. Um, I think that uh, getting it to 20 means that you can do a temporary repatriation, which is what they've started to uh, uh, talk about with this blueprint. And then maybe we don't have the repatriation problem in the future because money coming back will actually get taxed at 20 percent in the future. And that's the talk here is that repatriation is a one time um, and a couple different rates on repatriation, depending on if it's a liquid asset or cash, cash being at a much lower rate, which they have not really talked about yet. And the, the illiquid assets being I'm sorry, cash being at a higher rate than the illiquid assets if they're coming back. And that and that has to, that has to do with businesses moving right. to the United States, uh, not being taxed at the twenty percent to do so.
2: Well, how about the small business owners out there? They're the uh, lifeblood of the economy, Brad. Uh, a lot of small business owners here in Northwest Ohio. Lowering the top rate for income on pass-through businesses to twenty-five percent. So, as a pass-through business, you're going to be able to pay a corporate-like rate mm-hmm. uh, if you're an LLC. You got a couple employees you're going to be able to pay the uh uh 25% uh very similar to the corporate rate for a for a small business because the majority of small businesses were pass through businesses mm-hmm. and they were getting hurt they're paying uh, at,
3: at the individual income at the tax indiv- rate individual yeah.
2: level. So how about business investment? You know, we'd like any tax plan to include some business investment uh immediately write off full cost of capital investments for the first 5 years. So right now you have to amortize it over uh, based on a schedule. Now you can if you have a 10,000 or 20,000 or if it's a bigger company a million several million dollar investment you can write it off all all right away that will help boost economic growth certainly and, and encourage spending companies are still on the sidelines with a lot of their cash mm-hmm. so we want to encourage that spending uh that's a hefty price tag for tax revenue uh but uh you know some businesses would prefer lawmakers to focus on tax cuts but i mean i think that uh uh, that's we want to encourage that business spending uh, limiting business ability to deduct their interest expenses. This deduction is important for many industries, including agriculture, equity and real estate uh, business tax preferences uh, that will be able to decide what business tax breaks to eliminate uh, when they go into committee mm-hmm. um, international taxes. One of the proposals, we've been talking about this a lot on the show, move to a territorial system that doesn't tax dividends from U.S. companies, foreign subsidiaries. Call for a minimum tax on foreign profits at a reduced rate to ensure companies will not use tax havens to pay small amounts. If you sell a product or a service in another country and you pay their tax, what you, this is referring to is you're not going to get double taxed right. when you bring it back to you're the States. You're going to get a States.
3: credit for it is what all other countries do. Um, and, uh, so now we're on the same playing field if this goes through with a lot of other countries and this eliminates the, uh, the incentive for companies to leave and go to the tax haven countries. And so that that's the whole point is taking away that incentive. $3 yeah,
2: trillion, dollars. $3 trillion, Brad, I mean, sitting that, overseas, sitting yeah. overseas. Yeah.
0: It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?
3: I mean, So it's, it's free stimulus when it comes back. That is one of the most important things for the stock market in this plan. Let's talk, when we come back from the break, a little bit more about the impact on the stock market. And then again, we'll wrap it up with talking about the impact on you, the individual investor, with this proposed plan. You're listening to Money Sense, the advisors of Kirsten Wealth Management Group. We'll be right back.
0: With Americans enjoying longer and more productive retirement than ever, you need an investment portfolio that continues to work for you. At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, they specialize in solid, dependable financial advice designed to help you work toward your objectives in retirement. Whether your personal situation requires low volatility, liquid assets, or longer-term investments with potentially higher investment returns, it's important to first discuss your options with a trusted financial advisor. For more information or to schedule a consultation, call Dennis Brad or Kevin Kirsten at 419-872-0067. securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. See you.
4: Are you retiring, changing jobs, or looking to reduce your taxable income? At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, we specialize in helping investors navigate these life-changing events. Whether retirement is around the corner or many years away, it is important to work with a fiduciary-focused advisor that will look out for your best interests. To schedule a free, no-obligation consultation, contact Dennis, Brad, or Kevin at Kirsten Wealth Management, 419-872-0067. Securities and advisory service offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA, s IPC. Whatever your financial goals, working with an independent financial advisor acting as your fiduciary has the potential to improve your chances of success. At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, we stay on top of the economy and markets so you don't have to. Using sophisticated planning tools and extensive research, we build long-term strategies that balance your financial objectives, time horizon, and risk tolerance. To find out more, contact Dennis, Brad, or Kevin at Kirsten Wealth Management, 419-872-0067. Securities and advisory service offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. It's hard to tell whose best interests some financial advisors have in mind. Our financial advice is based on fees, not commissions, because Kirsten Wealth Management offers no proprietary investment product. We are free to choose products that best meets clients' needs, which help to preserve the integrity of our investment advice, because we follow a fiduciary standard. Our only goal is to help you reach yours. For more information or schedule a consultation, call Dennis, Brad, or Kevin at Kirsten Wealth Management, 419-872-0067. Securities and advisory service offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FIN.
3: And welcome back. You're listening to the advisors of Kirsten Wealth Management Group, Brad and Kevin Kirsten here with you this morning. We're talking about the proposed new tax plan and uh and not a lot of surprises, but there's a lot of details here that uh that we were are going over. Uh the bottom line for the individual really is you're gonna pay a lot less tax, no matter where you are. I, I, I don't care if you were uh if you're making five million dollars. Five hundred thousand or fifty thousand, you're going to pay less. If you're living in Ohio, you're going to pay less. I, I think for most people, though, the biggest advantage will be that how much of your income will not have any tax on it at all. I think when, when it, you get down to it, the first bracket probably will start at twenty five thousand, which will be a higher level than it than it currently is for where you would start to pay tax. On top of that, you have a doubling of the standard deduction to twenty five thousand. So you could potentially be making fifty and pay zero federal. Okay, that is a big savings. Your first fifty having zero tax. Then you're probably going to go from twenty five to fifty at that twelve bracket, the new uh, lowest bracket. So you're gonna you could essentially be making seventy five thousand gross and pay probably the effective rate of about five. There's no one. Uh, I don't care what your itemized were that that probably is not going to have a savings uh, at those levels. And that is the start of of the real tax savings for most people and most retirees. And I think that's the biggest advantage for people when they look at this plan. There are other people that are still working. Maybe you're a small business owner where AMT might be the biggest advantage. Getting rid of that um, will, will immediately have you in a lower bracket. But you'll also maybe be able to take advantage of the pass-through at 25% and then not not have AMT kick in. And so then you're still going to have all your itemized deductions that you did have, uh, except for the state and local. So I think for most people, it's going to be somewhere between a 5 and 15% savings on your taxes. And all of that will make its way into the economy within within a couple quarters after they, they start to – See those tax returns coming back, uh, depending on if they make it retroactive or not.
2: Well, how about even some people, Brad, with that big standard deduction, might even get to a point where their Social Security is not taxed. Mm. Yeah, because they're 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 lowering their overall income levels there. Yeah. So uh, that's something to to keep in mind and look at. So none of these sort of scare tactics that were out there are are in this plan right now. I even heard at some point in time they were talking that they were gonna get rid of the retirement deduction and make everyone go into Roth IRAs and Roth 401Ks, to me, that's just stealing money from tomorrow and mm-hmm. and, and giving it to today. That yeah. doesn't really help the government at all. In fact, if anything, it hurts it because as the money grows tax-deferred, you're talking about a bigger dollar amount that eventually is taxed. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't in there. I I wouldn't have been surprised to see something like that in there, but that, that certainly wasn't uh, in the initial proposal. Brad, um, our current Market commentary this week, and our last couple are really good. Um, I just want to touch on this week's market commentary. Talks about the bull market reaching certain levels. Uh, Certainly we, percentage-wise, are at a good place. In terms of years, it's in a good place. I'm a little skeptical of when the start point is, but take a look at this commentary. It's very important, and it talks about all the reasons why it's still a good idea to be positive Mm -hmm. on the overall market. So kirstenwealth.com, weekly market commentary. Right now, it's officially bull market defined by uh, a period of time without a 20% correction. Now, Mm -hmm. we had 19.9 in October of 2011, Mm -hmm. which would have cut two years off the current bull market. But we'll go with it by the textbook definition. definition. So it's about 270%. Uh, that's the second, uh, second longest and second, second biggest. The biggest was of course the 1990s, uh, looking at it, but you know, the long-term technical support it. And we're looking at not only are our markets starting to move, but global indexes are starting to move in the commentary on page two talks about, yeah, we're much higher than we were prior to 2007. Mm Mm-hmm. 2007, the S&P was at about 1,500, mm-hmm. and now we're at 2,500, mm-hmm. okay? But if you look at the global Dow index, so that is an index of all companies around the world. Including we, the U.S. We just got back to the 07 peak mm-hmm. on the global Dow index. So typically when you get above a previous peak that's that's a sign of a a, a new run coming on mm-hmm. and so that's a that's a real positive that the whole world is moving higher now as opposed to just the United States markets dragging the rest of the world along earnings move
3: markets our earnings are higher than they were in 2007 even around the world and if you have a tax plan like this that goes through and you go from 35 in the US down to 20 now That immediately goes to the after-tax earnings of the overall stock market. So the estimates are that somewhere between 27 and 28 is the effective rate for corporations in the U.S. If we go from 35 to 20, your effective rate is going to go down. Your effective rate is probably going to go down to, well, even if it went to 20, your effective rate for for corporations. The estimates are that every 1% adds 1% to the next year's Uh, earnings on the S&P. And the estimate for next year's earnings on the S&P is about 140. And so you're talking about taking it to 148 just because of taxes, let alone any growth that comes because of individual taxes going down and increased spending because of consumers uh, having more money in their pockets. So you could see a 150, 152 earnings on the S&P, which means we're going to be a lot cheaper than we are today if we're looking at price to earnings ratios and that will move the market. This market will definitely have legs because of taxes and it it, it could be a lot more long standing than the stimulus that we got from the Fed. Lowering taxes and having stimulus come from from taxes is a lot healthier and uh this market can go a lot longer.
2: A couple of other things that we look at Brad to see if the market is peaking out Something called breadth, which just means the number of stocks increasing versus the number of stocks decreasing. In the late nineties, we had a very few number of stocks driving the whole market higher. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that was a that was that's bad that's bad breadth. That's that's a sign that the market is not healthy. Mm-hmm. Now people think that right now because of Amazon and Google and Netflix, but it's actually not true. Mm-hmm. The advanced decline line just recently in the past week. And I think part of it was because energy stocks started rallying, Mm -hmm. banks and financials started rallying, and small caps started rallying. And uh, The advanced decline line for the S&P, the Dow, small caps, mid caps, and the uh, NYSE S&P 100 all reached all-time highs in the last week, which means the number of stocks. You don't want to look at the S&P 500 and see a positive year with 10 stocks up Mm -hmm. and 490 down. Mm -hmm. That's not healthy. No. Okay. If if you have more going up than down in terms of just the sheer numbers, mm-hmm. that's a positive sign we have that. How about sentiment? I, we talk about this in meetings all the time, Brad. The crowd can be right during trends, but it also tends to be wrong at extreme levels. That's why I, and sentiment is so important. Bull markets peak with euphoria. So let's look at the signs of euphoria. Per Bloomberg, ratio of of bearish options on the S&P relative to bullish options has the highest level in two years right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, recent Gallup poll showed the percentage of U.S. adults invested in the stock market is at a 20-year low.
3: Not uh, To me, this isn't surprising. No. I mean, look at the headlines that are coming out. The, you could have a headline about, oh, the the, the volatility uh, index is really low. That's going to tank the market. We've gone a long time. That's going to the, tank the market. Uh, North Korea is going to tank the market. Everything is about what is going to hurt the market and not about the underlying fundamentals.
2: Survey of global fund managers by Bank of America found that Fund managers are their most underweight equities in 10 years. American Association of Individual Investor Investment Survey, which is one that we look at quite often, has averaged 33% bullish this year. That's the lowest of any bull. uh, That's one of the lowest of any bull market ever. And how about Investment Company Institute data shows $31 billion outflows Mm -hmm. from Domestic equity mutual funds and exchange traded funds. Some people say, "Well, the outflows from mutual funds is all going to no." If you include the exchange traded funds and you just look at equities, thirty one billion out in July and August, Mm -hmm. the largest two months uh, since twenty sixteen.
3: So let's talk briefly here about why some of those indicators are contrarian. Okay, if if everyone is confident, there's they've already bought. There's no one left to buy. If consumer confidence is down. Then you see outflows. And what what can happen? There's a lot of people on the sidelines left to buy. You don't want to be an investor when everyone thinks the market's going up because if they think the market's going up, they've already bought. And there's no one left to buy to drive it higher. So some of these things will make a headline. And the headline is wrong. It'll say consumer confidence way down. Beware of the market. Well, it is always a contrarian indicator. And you want to buy when consumer confidence is down. And that's where we are right now. So, all that
2: positive, we're going to put a caveat, one caveat on it, okay? All these things, consumer sentiment, that's a long-term outlook. That's a long-term positive trend line, Mm -hmm. breadth. The technicals look good. The sentiment's not euphoric. Yeah. However, worst correction we've had all year is 3%, and that was 10 months ago. That's pretty rare. Yeah. You have to go back to 1995, the last time that happened. We haven't had a 5% correction, which typically you get... Two to four every year. Mm -hmm. Haven't had one since the Brexit vote in June of 16. Mm -hmm. Okay, 15 months. Haven't had a 10% correction since January of 16. Mm -hmm. Pretty rare. usually get one of those per year. So stocks don't go up in a straight line. You better be prepared for some potential overdue volatility with a long-term positive outlook. So that Mm -hmm. means it's a buying opportunity. So we think the volatility might start to pick up at some point, but... Based on our current assessment of the economic environment, we have considered an opportunity to add to stocks Mm -hmm. and not a sign that things are rolling over.
3: Let's take our next pause when we come back. Let's talk about things that uh, might make a headline or uh, an article that you might read and and how to really translate it. Is it bullish or bearish for the stock market? And we're going to talk about one that's in the news now that is actually bullish for the market, but people think is bearish for the market. You're listening to Money Sense. Brad and Kevin Kirsten will be right back.
4: Are you retiring, changing jobs, or looking to reduce your taxable income? At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, we specialize in helping investors navigate these life-changing events. Whether retirement is around the corner or many years away, it is important to work with a fiduciary-focused advisor that will look out for your best interests. To schedule a free, no-obligation consultation, contact Dennis, Brad, or Kevin at Kirsten Wealth Management, 419-872-0067. Securities and advisory service offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA, SIPC see. Whatever your financial goals, working with an independent financial advisor acting as your fiduciary has the potential to improve your chances of success. At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, we stay on top of the economy and markets so you don't have to. Using sophisticated planning tools and extensive research, we build long-term strategies that balance your financial objectives, time horizon, and risk tolerance. To find out more, contact Dennis, Brad, or Kevin at Kirsten Wealth Management, 419-872-0067. Securities and advisory service offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC see. It's hard to tell whose best interests some financial advisors have in mind. Our financial advice is based on fees, not commissions, because Kirsten Wealth Management offers no proprietary investment product. We are free to choose products that best meets clients' needs, which help to preserve the integrity of our investment advice, because we follow a fiduciary standard. Our only goal is to help you reach yours. For more information or schedule a consultation, call Dennis, Brad, or Kevin at Kirsten Wealth Management, 419-872-0067. Securities and advisory service offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC.
6: The amount of information available to today's investor means the big picture can be overwhelming. At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, we help you sort through the clutter, bring your investment goals into focus, and design a portfolio to help you meet them. We stay focused on the one thing that matters most finding well management investments one at a time through intensive financial analysis and hands on research. For more information or to schedule a consultation, call Dennis Brad or Kevin Kirsten at 419 872 0067. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. And welcome back. You're listening
3: to the Advisors of Kirsten Wealth Manager Group, Brad and Kevin Kirsten. Kevin mentioned earlier, but if you want to follow along with our market commentary, it's on kirstenwealth.com under the publications section. And uh, if you're listening on iHeartRadio, didn't hear any of our ads, you can find a lot of our information on that website as well about where we are, Perry's, uh, office in Perrysburg, and our phone number on that website as well. Uh, Kevin, a lot of headlines, a lot of negative headlines, but the one that uh, we get asked about the most now is uh, – and probably picked up a little bit after uh, Trump's U.N. speech, the Rocket Man speech, it'll probably be called in the future, uh, about North Korea and what it would mean if North Korea actually did drop a bomb. So it's one of the most common
2: questions we get in our yeah.
3: meetings throughout the week. So whether it's any terrorist activity or something big, something kind of not planned, uh, like waking up tomorrow and North Korea dropped a bomb on South Korea. So let's talk a little bit about what these geopolitical events mean to the market.
2: Well, we looked at the data and i made this comment because i knew the data would be on my side but i made this comment uh, in the last week to a client i said more often than not the best time to buy stocks is the day the first day the bullets start flying mm-hmm. if if that happened or mm-hmm. in this case the bombs but of course anything major like a nuclear weapon i mean this 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 would be horrible from a human standpoint but when you look from an investment standpoint historically it hasn't been really a time to panic Mm-mm. i mean the times to panic have look at the, look at the last major sell offs that we've had we had a banking and real estate crisis mm-hmm. we had a dot com bubble mm-hmm. okay we had uh stagflation and the oil embargo in the 1970s mm-hmm. we had another banking crisis in the 1930s none of those were triggered they were all triggered by something economic mm-hmm. none of them were triggered by a war mm-hmm. or uh or, or, or anything. So we look at the last how many do we have here? Uh about about 15 or 20. Um you have World War 1, Germany invades France, Pearl Harbor, Korean War, Cuban Missile Crisis, uh Iran Hostage. Mm-hmm. You know, that was that was one that was uh, you know concerning. Uh there were bombings in Beirut in the 1980s. Uh we bombed Libya, we invaded Kuwait, we had the first Gulf War. Uh we had the Yemen bombing in the year 2000, of course, 9-11, uh, the the second Iraq war, all these things. And there was an initial decline. There was an initial decline for the first couple of days. On average, uh, in these 15 or 20 uh, periods of time, uh, you had about a 4% decline. Even the Cuban Missile Crisis, um, the initial, there was no initial decline in the Cuban Missile Crisis. I, I guess that's the one I kind of lean towards because...
3: Seems New, like the same sort of thing. Nuclear
2: yeah. in nature, yeah. dealing with a country that we felt was kind of unhinged. And even that one, 12 months after the Cuban Missile Crisis, uh, from October of 62 to the uh, middle October of 62 to the end of October of 62, um, market basically didn't do anything. And over 12 months later, it was up 30% mm-hmm. after the Cuban Missile Crisis. So if you look at all these periods, the average is minus 4. for what over what period? Uh, for the initial decline, okay, it could have been, uh, you know, some of these range from uh, one week to a month. So on, on average, you know, one week to a month, 4% is the initial decline. Okay, we could live with that. I don't yeah. think anybody could live with that. The worst one on here, uh, Germany invades France in 1940. That was 17%. Mm-hmm. Okay. The next uh, couple other ones that are pretty bad, uh nine eleven was 14% sure. on the yep. downside. But even 9-11, 6 months later the market's up 25% mm-hmm. after 911. So looking at all these periods, 12 months later Brad, the market on average is up 67% of the time in all of these sort of geopolitical events. Mm-hmm. Well, the market's up 67% of the time anyway. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So that's not that's not bad or good. Right. Okay. But look at the rate of return 12 months later on average. 16.2% on the S&P 500. 12 months later Mm -hmm. so Uh, you know that's uh certainly like i mentioned to the client that i talked to this week usually there might be a sell-off if we think there's some something going to happen in the weeks leading up to it Mm -hmm. but it's almost always a buying opportunity and that has been proven by all these different events that have happened over the years so it's not that we don't you know I, I get concerned that people think that we're discounting these events. they're very important to our country. they're very important to uh, the world. but what do they really mean to the stock market to your investments? Yes. exactly because I think sometimes people try they mix the two and then they end up making mistakes. I think the biggest mistake
3: for all of these is the same it is a Peter Lynch quote where he said, a lot more money has been lost preparing for bear markets than the bear markets themselves. I would say the same. For these geopolitical events, preparing for them has lost much more money than the actual event, even those sharp declines that that occurred and probably second most to preparing for them and getting out because you think North Korea might drop a bomb would be getting out at the, after the initial drop because of how drastic the recovery is, uh, because none of these end up being as longstanding or as bad as people initially think. And therefore, the market recovers. And the government beefs up its spending as well, which is a stimulus to the economy. That's the other benefit to the economy from
2: any of these geopolitical events. Well, and this is part of the reason why we encourage people to look at their top holdings on their stocks. Okay? Look at what you actually own and look at that company Mm -hmm. and say, if North Korea did something crazy, would it really affect that company? Mm Mm-hmm that I am invested in mm-hmm. more, you know, is, is someone not going to buy an iPhone or yeah. watch Netflix or shop on Amazon? Or, what if
3: Lockheed Martin's in your top 10? Okay. That you probably
2: are going to have a well,
3: positive uh, six month return well, on Lockheed
2: not, Martin. That's, that's exactly right. I mean, some of the, the most powerful uh, defense contractors in the world are in the United States. And oh, by the way, Trump went to NATO and said, listen, you guys aren't spending enough on defense. Mm-hmm. We're footing the bill here. So he wanted he, he put the pressure on, and once European members in Canada, looks like they're expected to increase by more than 4% in, on defense spending. That's in a big number. That,
3: that's a big spending number for these defense and, contracts. And
2: that helps U.S. companies. Yeah. Raytheon, Lockheed Martin, Boeing, mm-hmm. uh, all these companies are U.S. companies, so that's not necessarily a bad thing from an investment standpoint. So, you know, be careful. North Korea and Iran and some of these countries, they've been crazy for 50 years.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, I can pull up a a Wall Street Journal or a Time Magazine article from the 70s. It would look like it was written yesterday. So don't think it's new or that the market hasn't already prepared or digested uh, news just like it. And if it happened, we would digest the same thing and the market would make an adjustment. And sure, defense companies would do well in a period of time where other things might slack a little. But 12 months later... Uh, in, in this market, with lower taxes coming, uh,
2: with regulation going down. Well, even in the case of the analysis we did, Brad, a lot of t- in, in a lot of cases, it was even six months later. Yeah. The six-month numbers, uh, the 12-month numbers are 16.2. The six t- six-month six numbers are 9.8 on average mm-hmm. with all these military conflicts. Mm-hmm. And, oh, by the way, the percentage is even better in a six-month period. 81% of the time, the market's higher in a six-month period. In a period. six-month period. So, it, yeah. so it's even better. So – don't don't get wrapped up in, in in something like North Korea in terms of your investments. So I uh, got a couple of minutes left in the show here. Just want to close it out. One thing I just wanted to mention, and and it surprised me a little bit, Brad. But uh, just a little food for thought for people out there. A lot of people retire before Medicare age, mm-hmm. and we, you know we work with all of our clients to um, uh, try to you know refer them to the right people or or work with them on getting the best health care plan at that point in time. You know, some of those people... And, and income to, and, and tax management for making right.
3: sure that you're not reaching a threshold and going beyond it for your Medicare spending because it can it's a big jump. It's not well, marginal.
2: And I had a client recently that I, I referred over to a place and they, and they talked about what they were going to do because they were under the age of 65. And his initial quote was about $1,400 a month. Mm-hmm. And he looked at his COBRA mm-hmm. through his... Through his employer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Cobra has always been, oh, you don't want to be on Cobra. That that always used to be the uh, the, the take that people Let's would have. Let's get off
3: of it as soon as possible because it's going to cost so much. So
2: expensive. His Cobra was only $700 a month hmm. for he and his wife. So he's saving. Now, you can only be on that for 18 months. But he is saving $700 a month times 18 months. Mm-hmm. So, yes, obviously, if you're 61 or 62, you're still going to have to make up that difference. But in the case of this particular client, that was a ten, twelve thousand dollars savings yeah. uh, by looking into Cobra.
3: Well, I think the the psychology of that Cobra is just that. Well, my plan only used to cost me four hundred. Cobra is now seven hundred. I better move to another company and get on that company plan. But if you're a retiree, might be your best job option.
2: Yeah, I mean that's probably the biggest expense and the biggest deterrent to retiring before that age sixty five. Many people, you know, look at the numbers and we run these retirement capital projections, and it looks pretty good. And then all of a sudden you have to add $1,500 a month for health care, and uh, you, get a, you get a little bit uh, nervous about that prospect. So COBRA might be something that can help people out, at least for a short period of time. Any other questions or comments or concerns, you can call us throughout the week at our office in Perrysburg, 419-872-0067. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.
1: You've been listening to Money Sense, brought to you each week by Kirsten Wealth Management Group. To contact Dennis, Brad, or Kevin professionally, call 419-872-0067 or 800-875-1786. Their email address is kirstenwealth at lpl.com, and their website is kirstenwealth.com. Opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your financial advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC.
4: With the Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
6: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So
3: I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
4: Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com.